Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Beyond the Pitch. I'm Christian Jack. My guest on this episode is none other than Alfonso Davies, who gives us his first media interview in Canada for five months and also allows us unprecedented access in a 30-minute sit-down. We meet this week when he is back on training following his recovery from myocarditis. Yet in this interview, this will definitely stand the test of time because Fonzie opens up about his difficulties of not playing while recovering. He talks openly about how his love for his teammates in Bayern continues to exist and how it continues to evolve. He names his favorite teammate, his favorite ground, his favorite opponent, and many other things are in here that you're just going to love. What he misses about Canada is also in here, and he also discusses Canada's path to the World Cup in 2022, who he wants in the World Cup draw. That may not surprise you. And as always with Fonzie, we have some fun, courtesy of some pack openings with Topps Stadium Chrome Champions League cards. That's right. You won't want to miss that at the end. This is a very unique and special interview. So no more of me. Just sit back, grab a beverage and a snack. Enjoy 30 minutes here with Alfonso D. Delighted to be joined by Alfonso Davies from Munich. Fancy, great to see you, my man. I hope you're well, and I hope health-wise everything is going well. Give us an update on that. How are you feeling? Yeah, I feel good. Um, you know, I'm happy to be back on the pitch. I'm happy to, you know, run around, get some pressure in my system. Yeah, it was uh, it was a scary, scary thing when I was told about the myocarditis. You know, I didn't know how long. Also, the doctors didn't know how long I was going to be out. You know, it was just played by... Um, ultrasound and how well I'm doing uh, doing the checkups so uh, yeah I'm happy that uh, it only took uh, two months um, hopefully uh, you know I was I was thankful that I didn't take any longer so yeah right now my recovery is going well I've been uh, I've been training it's been uh, one week now so I'm excited and yeah I can't wait to be back uh, playing games again. You said it was scary there. You're a, you're a shining light of positivity. We always see you smiling and you got great personality and connect so well with your fans on social media. But how was this in those down times? How difficult has it been, my man? Yeah, it was tough. Um, you know, especially when uh, the doctors, you know, they they couldn't give me an estimated time of my return. Um, so they're just trying to play it by ear with the with the ultrasound and all the checkups that were going on. Yeah, I mean, you know, when I first got the news. You know, they they were telling me that uh, it could be up to three to six months, and I'm happy that my body, you know, is strong enough to deal with it in two months. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully soon. Like I said before, hopefully soon I can be playing games, and uh, and yeah, I'm just happy to be back on the pitch, training, and and kicking the ball and running around again. We saw you on the weekend at the game. I know another comprehensive win for Bayern. How are you as a watcher? Do you find it tough? Have you settled a little bit, a little bit easier with all these games, just sitting back and watching? Or are you, are you not a good watcher? You can't wait to be back on the pitch. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, as a footballer, you know, when you watch games, you know, there's something, there's some stuff that goes on in your body. You know, you want to be on the pitch, especially uh, when I'm sitting down and, and I feel like I'm not injured or in any way physically, but I know um deep down like you know with the problem with the heart yeah you know it's very anxious you know, watching the games it's uh it's very nerve-wracking um yeah because the only thing I want to do is be on the pitch with the guys and, and and playing with them so but yeah I was watching you know I celebrate you know I cheer the team on like a regular supporter as well how is life in Munich I want to get into Canada in a second we're going to talk all about that team and that that quest for Qatar but how is life in Munich? How are you settled in? I know you've been there a few years now, but uh, you're still so young as a young Canadian out there. What's it like training with these world-class stars every day? And what's it like living there? Yeah, honestly, the, the city of Munich is a beautiful, beautiful city. You know, it's different, different things to see, especially uh, compared to Canada. They have a lot of, uh, in Canada, a lot of skyscraper, I should say. 
lot of big buildings here you don't really see those maybe you see one or two but everything else is uh, very modern very like uh old-fashioned i should say um yeah it's very uh very uh what can I say um intriguing to the eyes as well and uh yeah and playing with these guys you know these guys are world-class players um you know you have a world-class keeper and a striker up top and then you just have phenomenal players throughout the whole team and i'm happy that i can every day wake up and go train with them learn from them and you know um battle with them and and just uh just be be with them playing playing football yeah, these guys, they carry themselves well off and on the pitch. So it's a, it's a great um, uh, learning learning for me. That's fascinating. You said the way they carry themselves well off the pitch. That's Bayern Munich, right? That's the way it's always been, a true professional environment. And I can see it just watching you a little bit, the way that you, you've adopted that, that kind of style as well. Is there any you know, particular individuals that you look up to, that you talk to more, to, that, you're, that have become real mentors for you on and off the pitch? Yeah, honestly, um, I think uh, when I was in the, when I was in my break, these two months, I think Kimmich was one of the guys that was reaching out the most. Um, yeah, I mean, everyone else reaches out, you know, that I see how I was doing, but I think Kimmich was uh, a little bit more than the other guys. Um, you know, he just wanted to see how I was and my next checkup, you know, and how I was doing. And he's like, yeah, if you need anything, you know, I'm, I'm here. And we're relative the same age. I mean, he's not too far away from me. So yeah, it was, it was nice. Um, yeah, the way Kimmich carries himself, um, not just him, everyone else, but, you know, mostly him, when he carries himself uh, off the pitch, is just, you know, you see him and you're like, yeah, so, you know, a well-respected young man. And even on the pitch as well, you can see his passion, his his uh, his enthusiasm, his dedication to the game. It's, it's amazing, you know. Some people always ask me, hey, does he always scream? I'm like, no, he doesn't. Only on the pitch, obviously, with the intensity and everything that's going on in the field. But off the pitch, he's a calm guy. You know, he respects everybody. You know, he's very, he's a, he's a, he's a very uh, class act, I should say. Yeah, what a fantastic role model for you to have in Joshua Kimmich. Um, when you leave that environment and go to Canada, it, what's it like? What's this journey been like? Obviously, you know, I know you're not in the current squad. We'll get to that in a second. But joining up with these teammates, this brotherhood, as it's been called, how special is that when you get on that plane and you know you're going to be with these Canadians for this journey? Yeah, it's very special. Um, you know, every time I get called to the national team, is an honor. You know, uh, there's players that play for Canada and hasn't been called up in, in a while. And every time I get the call, I'm, I'm excited. I'm happy to go. Um, yeah, every time I see these guys, it's just we know that we're on a journey to something great in this country. And and now these three games, we have an opportunity to to make it, to be the first team in CONCACAF to make it to the to the World Cup. You know, um, the last time we made it to World Cup, I don't think that was even a even a thought. Like no, like I didn't even exist. But uh, and now and here we are again. And uh, yeah, I mean, when the journey started, I want to say two almost three years ago, with all these, you know, these little games that we're playing. Now, now is the real deal. Now everyone is tuning, everyone's focused. Uh, everyone knows that uh, we can do something special in this country. And as you can see, uh, the last uh, window, we went nine, nine points. You know, uh, you, some people may have never have thought that about Canada, but now, you know, we're, we're making um, not just our dreams, you know, for the whole country, dreams come true as well to make it to the, to make it to the World Cup. 
nine points and the best player yourself wasn't even there. I know you don't want to say that, but that's pretty impressive. Uh, when did it hit you? When did it hit you that you thought this would be possible 2022? Because I know when you did that amazing speech, you said, I'm Alfonso Davies. I want to play in a World Cup and you got the 2026 bid. Did it even become a, th- a thought that 2022 was possible at that point? Or has there been a certain reference point game where you thought, now this is the one we I know we can make this? Yeah, I think when the journey started, you know, everyone, you know, we we all have the the mindset that, you know, not I don't think anyone on the, on the pitch or on in the squad was like, now nah, we're not going to make 2022. You know, everybody had the the mindset of we're making this one way or another. You know, we know that it's not going to be an easy journey. Um, you know, we started playing against, uh, you know, Low Islands, Cayman Islands, Bermuda, and now when we when we made it to uh, when we played Haiti, two games, we knew that game wasn't going to be easy. Um, the game in Haiti was a tough game. It was hard. The pitch wasn't too good. Everybody's feet was burning. And we're happy that we can come away from a 1-0, 1-0 win. And I think at that point, um, we all looked at each other like we can really, you know, do this. And everyone had that up. Everyone had that mindset from the beginning. And, you know, we just stuck to it. Um, when we returned to Chicago and we beat them. And, you know, it was, it was exciting times. And certain them as well. And when we made it to the Hex, you know, we understand that we're going to be playing, you know, Mexico, USA, all these guys, Costa Rica. And that's a challenge that we're ready for. Um, yeah, you know, those teams, uh, Bermuda, all those teams, they prepared her for this, for this, uh, for this battle. Um, and yeah, as you can see, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's going good right now. Everyone's happy. And yeah, we know that the job's not done. We still got three more games to win. And uh, yeah, we're just looking forward to winning, winning all three. He talks about the start of it. I want to talk to you about that game against Panama at BMO Field. Two different things I want to talk to you about. I'll get to your goal in a second, but I want to talk to you first about that melee in the first half. Daniil Henry joined me on the show and he told me this. He said when he stood there and then they had that melee in in the corner and suddenly everyone's pushing everybody around. He said the moment he knew that they were going to qualify for this World Cup was when he turned around and the first people there defending everybody was you and Tejon pushing everybody around in the scrum. Daniil said that moment it was the moment he goes, what's little Fonzie doing in there? What was that like for you to defend your team? Yeah, to be honest, I mean, you know, on the pitch, I'm not really like a guy to jump in a fight and, you know, start pushing people. You know, I'm usually the guy on the sidelines, you know, trying to talk to someone on the side, trying to, you know, air out the situation. But at the time, I understand um, it was a heated game. You know, we had to win this game. And, and yeah, the Daniel, what he was doing, you know, he was just sitting there, you know, trying to stretch. And the guy could have easily politely asked him, hey, can you please move? But, you know, it seemed like a little bit rude when he when he just flinged his arm at him. And then I saw, you know, everyone started getting into it. So I went in there to try to defuse the situation, but then I got pushed. So I, my my temper started rising. So then that's why I was trying to trying to be in there to, like, separate the crowd. But, I mean, yeah, Tajan joined, you know, the whole, both benches. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. You know, this is football, you know, tempers flare. You know, not everybody can be calm on the pitch. Um, but, yeah, I mean... That game was was an incredible game. Um, the fans were amazing, loud, and it was a it was just a really good game from us. Yeah, it certainly was. And something symbolic, I think, that you scored arguably one of the finest goals ever scored by a Canadian player. Talk us through that goal. And I want to know when did you know you were going to go the opposite side to to Mahir, the goalie? Because we after everyone talks about the run, but when you squared him up and you put him the wrong side, when did you know that? Was it literally right at the very last second that you would know you were going to go near post rather than far? Yeah, that goal was. Uh, to be honest, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't really. I'll try to put it in words, but um, 
me and Tejon changed position. I was playing on the right side. He was playing striker with Jonathan David, you know, because John John Herman gave us the the front four, you know, freedom to floor around to mix and mingle. So when I went on the right side, it was a lot of uh, Panama was playing a lot of long ball side to side. So you know, I was getting frustrated. And when they were doing that side to side, long ball side to side, it was really frustrating because they weren't coming to attack us. They were just you know playing in the back side to side. So then. When we won the ball in the top of the 18, um, and I knew that Jonathan David thought I was there because, you know, he knew that I was on the right side and he thought I was higher up the pitch. And I guess when he played that ball, everyone, you know, stopped running and something inside me was like, you know what, let me try to catch, catch this ball. And I saw the ball started slowing down. So I started picking up pace and the defender as well wasn't really paying attention of where I was coming. He was just f full focus on and looking at his keeper or looking at the ball. So he didn't see me coming. And when I tried to get the ball, I thought he was going to kick it out. You know, as you can see in the clip, I slowed down a little bit because I thought he was going to kick it out. But then he didn't, I don't know what happened to him. He didn't, he jumped over the ball. So when I got it and I started attacking the goal, I had one thing in mind. I saw Tejon, but then I saw the defender as well. So I had one thing in mind at that point is be my defender and get a shot on goal. So that's what I did. I caught to my left foot and and I glanced up a little bit, like two seconds, and I saw the keeper leaning to the far side. So when I saw that, and I just went uh, near post, and I knew that uh, when I when I closed my hips, I, he had no chance, no opportunity to get the ball. I love that answer. Uh, let me just say for our viewers and listeners, I know you're all here to listen to Alfonso, not me, but I will say one of my favorite things about talking to footballers in the 20 years is recall. The ability for you to recall every little moment and slow it down in your brain and, and then recall something like that. And I can't thank you enough for the way that you, you know, explain that. It's phenomenal, mate. Well, great job. And, and then obviously after that, the team has just taken off. That was the moment, 2-1, and then after that, 4-1. What's this squad cohesion like? I've spoke to, you know, 15, 16 of your teammates now on shows like this, and everyone talks about how the camaraderie is real. It's a family. You know, you can't get that, you know, in every sport. You can't get that in every team. How special has that been? And, and what are the main reasons for that? Yeah, I mean, the, you know, the, to get in as a team, I think it mainly comes from, you know, us believing that we can, you know, make it to the World Cup. Um, you know, it also helps with uh, a coach like John. You know, for John, every time he talks to the team, I mean, this guy makes me feel like I want to run through a wall. Every time he talks to the team, he motivates us to a different different level. And I think me being with the national team now for, I think, almost four, four years, um, you know, we never had a coach like that that inspires his team, his, his, uh, his players like that. And and now that we have John and his training, trainers, training staffs, this is a... You know, these these guys, you know, they're smart, smart individuals and the way they, they communicate with us, the way they, they motivate us to play every game is it's incredible. Um, as you can see, John has a lot of tactics in his head, a lot of different ways to play. So it's good. I mean, you know, before it was just uh, honestly, before John came in, it was just, you know, here's the team. You guys go out, you play. That's basically what it was. Now it's like a structure, everything. It's proper, you know, we hold each other accountable in training, games, off the pitch, on the pitch, anything, we hold each other accountable. We know that, you know, if we want to, if we want to make it far in this, in this sport as a country, we have to, you know, tighten things up, uh, especially in the team and hold each other accountable for our mistakes.
Fantastic answer. I know you're only 21, but there's been a big difference already in your playing time about how Canada is perceived. No, I mean, the girls won the gold and I know Jordan Heights very close to you got that gold medal. It was unbelievably special for us in this country. The Canadian Premier League has been created for young players now to get that opportunity as well. And what you're doing at the national team. Um, this is a, a, a monumental step, is it not, for Canada soccer and what you've seen already over the last five or six years as a change? Yeah, it's a, bi- it's a big change. It's a big step. You mean, you know, there's more eyes, you know, on the on North America football now, especially, you know, in Canada now that the, the CPR, you know, the women's are doing so well. And now the men's team, you know, on the verge of making it to the World Cup for the second time ever. Yeah, I mean, you know, it opens eyes to, you know, young players that are in the country that are wanting to become footballers. And uh, yeah, it's just to be inspiration to them to, you know, to be the next generation of footballers that can, you know, elevate this country even more. Uh, maybe make it to six, seven, eight, even a hundred walk-offs if, if uh, you know, we motivate the right, the right people. And, you know, there's a lot of talent in, in Canada. Um, as you can see now that like Jonathan David in, in uh, Lil Tejan Buchanan, Liam Fraser, you know, there's a lot of players. Um, uh, Richie Larea going to Nottingham Forest. You know, there's a lot of players overseas that are that are moving, that are you know uh, catching the eyes of uh, European clubs. So it's uh, it's incredible to see. You mentioned Jonathan David there. How good is he? What kind of star can this guy be? And uh, he's going to get another move. We know, right? Yeah, Jonathan David. I mean, that guy. He doesn't really say too much. You know, even off the pitch. I mean, if you're close to Jonathan, yeah, he'll talk to you. But other than that, it's like you know, he's a quiet guy. He sticks to himself. But you know, on the pitch. I mean, sometimes, you know, when he wants the ball, you, you can hear him. You know, he, it's, he's, not, he's not shy on the pitch. But, yeah, I mean, he's an incredible talent. Um, you know, he's scoring goals right now at Lille for, you know, for fun. He's, I think he, at one point, or maybe he still is, I'm not really sure, the top goal scorer in, in, uh, in the league. You know, that's, that's the league you have Messi, Neymar, and all these players, you know, playing the league. And here we have Jonathan David, top goal scorer. You know, we have so amazing. I mean, you know, I've been playing with Johnny since I was uh, at the U15 level uh, in Mexico. We went uh, Fort Lauderdale. You know, we played a lot of a lot of tournaments together. And I think us being so young playing together, I think it, you know, it was a good uh, good way for us to to become. Uh, great um, teammates on the pitch uh, for the senior national team. A couple more for you, Fonzi, before I let you go, and we'll do a bit of a quick rapid fire for fun at the end. What would it mean to you, Alfonso Davies, what would it mean for you to qualify for this year's World Cup? Honestly, for a footballer, is it's every footballer dream to play for the country, to qualify for a World Cup. And for us to do it, you know, this window will be absolutely amazing. Um Honestly, like, I, I have no words to put it, you know, my emotions, my feelings will be all over the place. You know, uh, I think it will be an amazing, amazing opportunity for the whole country, not just the team, the whole country, you know, a lot of Canadians all over the world, you know, seeing, you know, seeing the, the you know, the red and white against, you know, big European countries. It's, it's amazing. I mean, it's amazing to see. It's just, yeah, my emotion will be all over the place. I don't know how I act when we actually make it. And what about the World Cup draw? Have you allowed yourself to dream about that? Who would you, Germany in the group? Would that be pretty special for you? Messi, what do you think? Honestly, if we have, if we have Germany in the group, uh, it would be, it would be nice, you know, to play against my teammates. You know, I have a couple of teammates that, you know, every time I tell them I'm going to a national team, who are you playing? And I tell them who we're playing, you know, they giggle a little bit because, you know, 
they don't really see Canada as a footballing country. And now to to make it to an actual World Cup, you know, to the World Cup and play against these guys, you know, you know, prove to them that you know we have some talent on this, you know, in the in North America is uh, in Canada it would be it would be amazing. So I'm excited. I know you can't be on the pitch on Sunday at BMO, but what's your message to your teammates and particularly the fans who spent a lot of money on their ticket on Sunday to go celebrate, hopefully you guys getting there. What does that mean? What's that Canadian um, infrastructure and that support meant to you guys during this journey? What's your message to them? I mean, I just want to say thank you to the fans. You know, it means a lot. Um, you know, these, these, these qualifiers, you know, hasn't been easy with COVID and all that. And now that the fans are back in the stadium, and we felt that uh, we felt that in Toronto, and we felt that I wasn't there, but I could feel it through the the screen in Hamilton. You know, just looking at the pitch. You know, in that in Canada, in uh, in Edmonton, 42,000, 43,000 people in that cold. It just goes to show you that this the support of this team is in in Canada is is growing and growing, and we we want to thank the fans so much for supporting us, and you know, thank you guys for staying behind us throughout the whole way. And hopefully, you know, the boys, we can do it uh, this window to, to qualify. Definitely uh, be the first team in CONCACAF will be, you know, ice on the cake, a cherry on the cake, I should say. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure the team, the country, you know, everybody will be excited. Love it, my man. All right, let's have some fun. A couple of rapid fire questions and a little bit of fun at the end. What do you miss the most about Canada when you're away? What I miss the most? Oh, probably... I'm not gonna lie, probably Tim Hortons. I have this little peach peach drink from Tim Hortons that I always get every time I go. Love it. Uh, what's the favorite stadium you've ever played in? Favorite stadium? It has to be Edmonton. It has to be Edmonton. Great, <laughs> great answer. Um, what trophy or final do you find yourself thinking about most that you've won? Because you've won it all, my man. What do you think about most? Probably the Champions League finals. How special was that to beat PSG that day? That that was really special. That game was amazing. That game was unbelievable and. To lift the Champions League trophy, you know, this at, at 19 years of age, 20 years of age, it was it's amazing. And play a massive part in it, by the way. That's not just not just to be there, just be a massive part. Yeah, you were yeah. a star that day. Um, who's the funniest teammate you've ever had? Funniest teammate I've Bayern or Canada, both either way, or both. Yeah. Who makes you laugh? Because so I know you make them teammate? laugh. Probably. Probably. I want to say Richie, probably Richie. I think Richie is hands down the, fun, the funniest guy that I know. That's a great answer, Richie Loria. Best opponent, the best opponent you've ever played against? Best opponent I ever played against, probably Di Maria. I mean, you know, I, you can see in the videos, he, every time we play him, he gets the best of me. You know, always mags me. So, yeah, I think he's hands down one of the best players I've played against. You know, I've played against Messi and played against Neymar, but I think Di Maria on my side has, yeah, he's giving me trouble sometimes. And that messy story, you almost got his jersey, right? You didn't get his jersey, though. I was close. I was close, yes. I asked him, asked him for the jersey, I think, when it was 0-0 or 1-0 for us, you know, before everything turned sideways. And he said, okay, it was a free kick. And at that free kick, they hit the post. So before that free kick, I asked him. And he said, yeah. But then, obviously, as the game went on, 2-1, 3-1, 4-1, and then 8-2. And plus, I had... Uh, had doping after, so I couldn't go to the locker room and collect it. So I missed my opportunity. Hopefully, I can get one before he, you know, he retires. 
I hope you get one too. And by the way, I'm not surprised you got called for doping. I'm just going to say that unbelievable run that you made in that game was absolutely <laughs> incredible, right? That great, that pass. Do you still, do you still think about that game? Cause that's pretty unique of a match to win a game like that. No. Yeah. Yeah. Always all the time. Think about that game. You know, that game will always be in my head that that game, that finals, just the whole journey, making it to the, to the Champions League finals. Um, that play will forever live with me because you know, I had a dribble pass by Idol, dribble pass, um, Arturo Vidal, Samedo, PK, you know, all these players. And to to give Kimmich the easiest goal he'll probably ever score in his career. <laughs> Fantastic. Now, a little birdie, that little birdie being my son, tells me you're into opening cards. He's been watching you on Instagram. Is this yes, true? I am. I am. I have a collection going. Okay, you got a collection going. Well, so does he. And uh, I've got a box here and I want to try and crack one open and get an Alfonso Davies card. Are you with me for five minutes to try and open right, some of these yeah. cards? Let's, Let's do it. Do so it. I, I want to get him a card for Al, a, an Alfonso Davies card. They're the, the top stadium club Chrome. And I know you've got a relationship with tops as well. Uh, courtesy of our friends at Mint Inc, a Canadian company, mintinc.ca. Check it out. Let's open some cards, tell some stories and try and get a Fonzie. Okay. So here we go. Uh, can you see these cards? All right there, buddy. Or what? is that working yeah, that's upside awesome. down? There you go. That's uh, so we got, we got Reese Williams from Liverpool. Yeah. Um, Mitchell Backer. We got, yeah. we got Dodo. Oh, we got a Ryan Gravenberch rookie card. Oh, nice. He's a pretty good player, Fonzie, no? He is, he is. Kai Havertz. Okay, another Chelsea. great player. And uh, Dragusin from Juventus. So, uh, yeah. So what got you into cards while I open the next one? Um, honestly, I think it's when me and me and Tom did like a, like a shoot together. And then when I saw that, uh, you know, some of these cards are pretty cool. Like just like the, the look of it, the everything about it. Yeah, and then they sent me a couple cards, and I started opening the boxes, and then I started getting some, some cards, you know, from my teammates, some very, very cool cards. People are also telling me like, "Yo, those are rare, like you know, those are really good cards." Because I have one friend that's really into them, so yeah, I was like, "Okay, hey, might as well, you know, start collecting as well." So why not? Oh, I got a legend yeah. card here. <clears throat> got a Viali lifting that trophy that you've lifted up. Yeah, that's a pretty See? special trophy, my man. No, there you go. Oh, we got we got Messi. Uh-huh. messy card uh we got Rakitic yeah there we go oh first buying card now you can tell a story about this guy Leroy Zane yeah this guy Leroy I have one thing Leroy when he trains his free kicks after training he makes it look so easy because every time you see this guy kick free kicks he hits them with technique power accuracy and it goes in every time and I've seen Kimmich actually started taking free kicks as well. And he's getting pretty good as well. So wow. Keep learning from that because you, you could take free kicks for Canada. You've been doing that already. Exactly. So. After I started learning from Leroy. <laughs> we, got, we, we got Rodrigo from Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ake Juventus. There we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lukaku, one of the best in the world. No, no doubt about that for strikers. Yeah. Uh, look, at, we got Modric, one of my favorites. Okay. Uh, Pulisic from Chelsea, obviously. Mm-hmm. And another Gravenberch rookie card. There we go. Still no Fonzie. We're gonna get there though. We're gonna get you. We're gonna, we're gonna get your card here. I'm convinced we're gonna open this card and find out. But no, I love your Instagram card openings, man. Everyone loves these. So I got my 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 boys and loving that. Everyone at work and everyone at school is talking about Ferran Torres, Man City, Serginho mm-hmm. Dest. Now you mm-hmm. played against this guy. Talk to me about that game you played against the U.S. Uh, at BMO Field. Dest, obviously the American, 2019. You get the goal. How big of a goal and a game was that for your team when you beat the Americans at BMO? Yeah, that game was 
it was another, you know, milestone for the team. Um, coming in that game, you know, that the U.S., you know, they had all these players, all these players playing overseas, playing big clubs, but that didn't really matter to us, you know. Um, we know that we were at home and we knew that we had to win this game. And, uh, yeah, it was that, that game. I mean, when that game started, it was, you know, everyone was, as you can see, everyone was ready for that game. And uh, we knew that when we put pressure on them, you know, you know, good things will happen. And so we did, you know, the first goal, Scott played it, and, you know, in the six-yard box. And you know, I just had to be there back post because uh, John was telling me every time to be, you know, in the back post all week before that game. So I just made my run back post and, and I'm happy to get the first goal. And then Cavallini came in and, and sealed it off for us. So we were happy we got that, got that win. Um, I guess the U.S. All right, a couple more, and I'm going to let you go. I know you're busy. Phil Foden, mm -hmm. he's a good young player, obviously, with you. We got another uh, Nico Williams rookie, Bruno Fernandez, Man United. Mm -hmm. There we go. Oh, we got a Camavinga rookie, another one. That's pretty nice. Wow. Uh, the Ketela with Bruges, Mason Mount. I'm going to get mm -hmm. a Fonzie before we go. I'm going to let you go in a minute, but this is uh, this is important for me to crack an Alfonso <laughs> Davies card. Do you collect your own cards? Do you get them signed, any of these cards, by players, your teammates, for yourself? Yeah, yeah, I get some of them signed by some of my players, yeah, yeah, from my teammates. All right, I've opened another pack. Let's see what we got here. Uh, we got Tyler Adams, another good young player. Played against him? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Holland. Now, uh, wow, what a, what a player he is. Uh, Fabio Vieira. We've got Billy Gilmore. Mm -hmm. Oh, here we go. There, there <laughs> it is. Yeah, there it is. We got one. There it is. You just made an 11-year-old boy, uh, my son, very happy to pull an <laughs> Alfonso Davies card. And maybe one day you'll get it. You'll, you'll, you'll get it. You'll sign it for him. But check it out on mintink.ca, top stadium Chrome club. I can open some more with you. I can, open, I can stay here all day with you, but I know you're busy. You don't want to be wasting your time with me. Uh, <laughs> li listen, my man, I can't thank you enough for this interview. It's been fantastic. Um, you're a shining light. There's so many people that are following the sport and following your career in Canada. Um, I'm just so thankful, um, you know, that you're back training, you know, that you're, get, you're getting back on the pitch and, and I know how much that means to you. Wish you nothing but health and success going forward, lifting more trophies and um, taking that team out to Katama, man. It's going to be a brilliant 2022, no? Thank you for having me. That was really special. I cannot thank Alfonso Davies and his team enough for trusting me with this and for him relaxing and being himself in an interview. Not easy for anybody, particularly at 21 years old. Uh, but as, as I said before, uh, unbelievable maturity and a lot of fun. Fonzie was just himself. And again, I can't thank him enough for that. The purpose of these interviews is really for you, the viewer and the listener, to enjoy the guest and feel like you know more about them, their story, their journey, what they love than you did prior. I hope that is the case now. You've sat back and watched 30 minutes with Alfonso. That has been my mandate since the start. I gave myself that when we started all this last year. And if you're new to these series, we now have a full team sheet of Canadian men's national team players that I've had the pleasure of sitting down with. And they've really opened up their hearts and minds to me about their lives beyond the pitch and, of course, on it. Atiba Hutchinson, Maxime Crapo, Alistair Johnston, Richie Larea, Stephen Vittoria, Daniel Henry, Kamal Miller, Liam Fraser, Samuel Piet, Jonathan Azorio, Mark Anthony Kay, Tejon Buchanan, they're all available now on this channel or in podcast form at the Canadian Premier League newsroom feed. 
Please, if you're able, subscribe and leave a comment below. We'd love to hear from you on all these interviews. This is an unprecedented time for Canadian soccer, and we hope that you continue to enjoy our coverage of it. Let us know what you think. We read them all. Please enjoy the games this week. A very special time. Keep smiling. I wish nothing but health to you and your family. God bless. We will see you soon for another edition of Beyond the Pitch.